0: Well, I have news for you today. Uh, The boiling frog syndrome is very much hotly debated. Uh, The theory is uh, this, that if you put a frog in some water at lukewarm temperature and gradually turn up the temperature on it, then eventually uh, the frog, because it sneaks up on it, the the frog will be cooked to death. And uh, frog legs, that's some good eating. But... uh, if you put a frog in a, a pot of hot water, it'll jump out, is the theory. And scientists in the late 1800s, they actually did some experiments and, and they validated that theory. Hence, it's become uh, something we've passed down as truth. But uh, contemporary biologists say uh, uh, that's not true. If, you drop, drop, if a frog can get out of a pot of hot water or boiling water, it'll jump out as soon as it hits the water. Uh, if it doesn't get stunned by that heat. And likewise, if it is in lukewarm water and it gradually rises as the frog's temperature rises, it will do everything it can to get out of that pot if it can. So you can go either way as far as I'm concerned. You can believe either one. But I think the metaphor is very apt, is very true. Uh, We can gradually in our lives, yet complacent when things are going well. We can gradually slip-slide down that road of making questionable choices, of not being as passionate or vibrant about spiritual things, about Jesus, as we used to be. We, we can end up making a mess out of our lives even when we've been in a great place prior to that. And as we come back to the story, week 13, we talk today about the king who had it all. Solomon, the son of great King David and Bathsheba. uh, Solomon was at the very peak of the Israel times. Uh, At his reign, at the beginning, it was as great as Israel ever was. And Solomon had all that you could ask for, but he ended poorly. We're going to look at Solomon's life today briefly, and as we do that, I I want us to think about where we are in our lives. This is one of those messages that's not easy to hear sometimes, but we very much need to hear it. My goal is for all of us that we would finish at the top of our spiritual health. We would finish our life at the very peak of our spiritual relationship with God and with jesus we would be all that god made us to be or as close as we could be uh, to the last day that we live on earth when we pick up solomon's story first we need to understand probably his primary characteristic that he's known for Uh, solomon is blessed with wisdom Uh, solomon had wisdom in such that he's often regarded as the wisest man who ever lived certainly as the wisest king now Wisdom is a word that needs some definition. If you've been here a while, you've hear, heard me say this before, but it's very important for you to understand. There's a great difference between knowledge and wisdom. Very much not the same thing. For wisdom does involve knowledge, but wisdom is the application of that knowledge. That's why it is possible for us to backslide if you will that's why it's possible for us to get complacent and and go backwards in our spiritual walk because we can have the knowledge of the scripture we can have the knowledge of jesus christ and we can choose not to apply it, not to put it into practice in our lives but where did solomon get his wisdom god is the source of wisdom that's what we need to hear If the Bible is the authoritative truth of God's Word, which I fully believe that it is, if the Bible is the the best rule we have for making choices in life, for making decisions in our life and how to live our lifestyle, then it's important for us to understand that God can teach us how to take the knowledge of the world and apply it into our lives to make good decisions. 1 Kings chapter 3 Verse 5, you see this, at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night and in a dream and said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Now, uh, I don't know about you, but I I, I think I would have been torn there. I would have asked for a million bucks. And like that newest Geico commercial, I'd probably had all kinds of deer in my front yard. No, I'd like to think I would have, like Solomon, we get his answer at verse 9, so give your servant... A discerning heart to govern your people and distinguish between right and wrong. In other words, he's asking for wisdom. He understands that the kind of wisdom he needs to rule over this burgeoning, growing nation can only come from God. Lots of us have complicated jobs, perhaps a business that we run. Lots of us have families. And I would suggest in all of those endeavors, we need the wisdom. And you see here, Solomon gives us a great example. Solomon says, God, you say you'll give me whatever I want. What I want and need most is wisdom. Friends, it's tempting today to ask for all kinds of things. We just got through Christmas, and maybe you made a long list. Maybe you just dropped hints, but you, I hope, got what you needed and not what you wanted. I don't know what you want but I can tell you this, all of us need the wisdom from God. And it would be very wise for us to seek and to be as much as we could like Solomon and to continually ask God for not only the knowledge of right and wrong, not only the knowledge of what to do and how to do it, but the, the fortitude to apply it, the wisdom to put that into action in our lives. We see examples of wisdom all throughout 1 Kings and the books that Solomon wrote. First, a great example. Maybe you know this story, maybe you don't. Very much a great example of the wisdom that God gave to Solomon. It reads like this. Now, two prostitutes came to the king, to Solomon, and stood before him. One of them said, pardon me, my lord. My, the woman, this woman and I live in the same house, and I had a baby while she was there with me. The third day after my baby was born, this woman also had a baby. We were alone, uh, but there was no one in the house but the two of us. I wonder who went out and did all the craving runs. You know, when women are pregnant, they they get cravings sometimes. Uh, I know that happened in my house. I remember going to Bennigan's in the middle of the night to get potato skins because that's what Beth wanted. That was her craving. Only the two ladies here, so nobody to do the, the craving runs. "'During this night, this woman's son died because she lay on him. "'So they got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side, "'or she got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side "'while I, your servant, was asleep. "'She put him by her breast and put her dead son by my breast. "'The next morning I got up to nurse my son, and he was dead. "'But when I looked at him closely in the morning light, "'I saw it wasn't the son I'd born. "'The other woman said, "'No, the living one is my son, the dead one is yours.' But the first one insisted, no, the dead one is yours, the living one is mine. And so they argued before the king. This was the original Jerry Springer episode. The king said, this one says, my son is alive and your son is dead. While that one says, no, your son is dead and mine is alive. Then the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king. He then gave them an order. Cut the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. The woman whose son was alive was deeply moved out of love for her son and said to the king, Please, my lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other one said, Neither I nor you shall have him. Cut him in two. Then the king gave his ruling. Give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is his mother. When all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, they held the king in awe because they they saw that he had wisdom from God to administer justice. Think about the wise people you have in your life, the people you've known in your life, the wise people. I trust that their wisdom came from God, from them seeing how knowledge intertwined with application and experience and uh, the ability to make wise choices. Here we see a display of Solomon's wisdom. It might seem uh, evident to you that that was what he would do, but I... I assure you it was not an unusual decision that he made it was a decision and the wisdom in the spur of the moment that could only come from God they could only be displayed by God now Solomon wrote down a lot of his wisdom there are three books in the Bible that bear much of his writing Proverbs the Song of Solomon and Ecclesiastes all of them uh, I think even written centuries ago, millennia ago, still speak to our lives today. Now, Ecclesiastes might be hard for you to understand, but it is a classic tale of finding the meaning in life, of of seeking and finding the best way to live your life, to use the days that you have. But Proverbs, I, I just wanted to lay an example or two on you. Uh, to show you uh, some of Solomon's wisdom as it came from God. In Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. There are lots of things you can trust in life, but he says trust in the Lord with all your heart. Dan Curtis, one of our elders, this is his favorite verse. He quotes it Insistently, and I think it's wise to do that because what uh, what a statement of a life purpose, uh, of a life goal that is to trust in the Lord. And then in Proverbs 4:23, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. In King James it says, "For it is the wellspring of life." Guard your heart. Has there ever been a time where we need to guard our hearts more? Well, I have all kinds of different sources of influence in our lives the media many in this world want to tell us there is no god or you don't know of there being one god there are many gods Uh, lots of folks tell us ways to live including if it feels good to you do it relativism all there is is this life and then you die nihilism that we're increasing going smarter and wiser as a people Modernism, all of those isms combat this teaching that God is the source of wisdom. And if we order our lives by his instruction, then we will live a life that's blessed and productive. Guard your heart for everything in life flows from it. Solomon had that down. Solomon knew that well. But God could see that Solomon, as he got into the middle years of his reign... As he piled up success upon success, Solomon was starting to slip. For Solomon is blessed and warned by God in his mid-reign, if you will. Now one of the great achievements of Solomon was he led the people by God's direction, building a great temple in Jerusalem, a place for God to dwell on earth. And Solomon's temple was indeed wonderful. It was majestic. You can read about it earlier. In 1st King, before the section I'm going to give you, 1st Kings 7, 8, and 9 talks about this great temple. But as that temple is finished, God has this blessing and warning for Solomon. 1st Kings chapter 9, As for you, if you walk before me faithfully with integrity of heart and uprightness, as David your father did, and do all I command and observe my decrees and laws, in other words, if you put me first, if you trust in me with all your heart, this is Proverbs 3, if you guard your heart, and remember, heart is not the organ we think about, heart is the, the center of the soul, then I will establish your royal throne over Israel forever, as I promised David your father when I said, you shall never fail to have a successor on the throne of Israel. That's a conditional promise. He, what he's saying is, there will always be one of your descendants, Governing the 12 tribes of Israel, this nation as I've made it. But if you or your descendants turn away from me and do not observe the commands and decrees I've given you and go off to serve other gods and worship them, then I will cut off Israel from the land I have given them and I will reject this temple I've consecrated for my name. Israel will then become a byword and an object of ridicule among all peoples. This temple will become a heap of rubble. All who pass by will be appalled and will scoff and say, why has the Lord done such a thing to this land and to this temple? People will answer, very important, because they have forsaken the Lord their God. In other words, they've put some other ism or some other God, some other person first, who brought their ancestors out of Egypt and have embraced other gods, worshiping and serving them that is why the lord brought all this disaster on them now for our contemporary time i assure you uh, that god doesn't move in those mighty strokes like that he doesn't maybe have those conditional phrases specified in our life but i assure you if you seek to please god in your relationship if you seek to please god in your choices if you allow him uh, to have control of your heart then he will bring Blessing and positive consequences in your life. But also, if we choose to go away from, if we choose to ignore the knowledge that God has given us and make choices based on self-interest, make choices based on uh, lust and those kind of things that aren't from God, then negative consequences will befall us. There's a warning for Solomon here, and sadly, Solomon doesn't heed the warning Sadly, Solomon ends badly. How could that happen? Solomon, 1 Kings chapter 10, even had a visit from the queen of Sheba, a great royal from what is now modern-day Ethiopia. She had heard of his fame. She had heard of the blessing of God, of this nation that God had made and brought up out of nothing, and she came to visit. Uh, His fame and his renown was all over the known world. Yet Solomon ended badly. Why, the the scripture says that Solomon had 700 wives. Fellas, how about that? 700 wives. It's a tough thing. But he had 700 wives, all of different lands and different beliefs. And so as can happen when we are unequally yoked, when we seek and build a relationship with someone who doesn't believe in God or doesn't have the same background, the same beliefs as us, we can gradually start to slide away. We can, like the metaphorical frog, stay in the water, even though it's becoming negative for us. And so Solomon, Solomon is swayed, and the Scripture says he began to, to worship foreign gods. And because of that, God pronounced his judgment. 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 9 through 13. The Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. He had seen him face to face twice. Uh, though, though he had forbidden Solomon to follow, follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord's command. So the Lord said to Solomon, Since this is your attitude and you have not kept my covenant and my decrees, which I commanded you, I will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates. Nevertheless, for the sake of your, David your father, I will not do it, do it during your lifetime. I will tear it out of the hand of your son. Yet I will not tear the whole kingdom from him, but I will give him one tribe for the sake of David my servant and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. Now, I'm going to talk a lot about the kingdom divided into two next week, week 14 of the story. But suffice it to say, the great times of Israel were over. Oh, he wasn't going to do it until Solomon was was gone. But for all practical purposes, because of the disobedience of Solomon, not only he but all the nation that followed him would have tough times ahead. So it is today that decisions we make today have lasting consequences. Now listen, I don't think anybody, any one of us set out to make a mess out of our lives. I don't think any of us set out to walk away from God once we've known Him. Or maybe you don't know God, you're exploring. None of us intended to get into the shape that we're in or have been in. But it can happen. If we don't watch it, if we don't guard our heart, if we don't trust in the Lord with all of our understanding, it can happen to any of us, just as it happened to Solomon. There's a song that comes to mind when I think about this. I want you to watch the screen, if you will.
1: It's the second glance that
0: ties your hands As darkness pulls the strings Be careful
1: little feet where you go For it's the little feet behind you That are sure to follow It's a slow fade When you give yourself away It's a slow fade When black and white turn to gray and thoughts invade, choices are made, a price will be paid, when you give yourself away, people never crumble in a day, it's a slow to slow fade when you give
0: i gotta go on a business trip.
1: Do you have
0: to? Well, maybe they can do without me this time. Lives never crumble in a day. Some of you are young. You might not know what I'm talking about. But trust me, you'll be challenged in your life to fade but you can make a choice to stay strong some of us today the spirit of God is convicting you can make a choice to stay strong I want to give you some ideas of how to stay strong how to finish well the first is this accept Jesus as your savior which we often emphasize and your lord which we underemphasize let him be the boss of your life it's hard to finish well if you've not started so if you're wrestling with that decision i'd love to talk to you about that what it means to be a christian i'd love to help you with that if you are a christian then pray to stay focused like solomon ask god for wisdom pray for God's wisdom in what to turn away from in what to say no to and what to say yes to. Seek God's wisdom. Understand he is the source of all wisdom. To take the knowledge that we have in our heads and to apply it into our lives, we need to seek that. It needs to be a priority for us. And then invite accountability. That is, have somebody or somebody's in your life that you trust that you can share with when you're tempted when you're struggling with something people that can help you stay strong people that can help you not to fall god gives us brothers and sisters in christ to keep us mutually strong so today my goal is for us to emulate solomon in the beginning of his life to seek God's wisdom and to use that wisdom in the way we live but to turn away from Solomon as he faded to not go after false gods or false isms to not fall down that trap of getting addicted to something or somebody that we shouldn't fathers we think about these things I pray today for my friends here. It's a powerful word you've laid on us today. Perhaps we are at a turning point. Perhaps you're stirring within us the seeds of repentance. Bring us to confession, I pray. Bring us to passion and a vibrant heart for you. Help us to trust in you with all of our heart. Help us to guard our hearts with your help. And Father, I pray that as we come back to you, we would get strong. And through all the days that you give us, we would get stronger. That there would be no slow fade for anybody who hears my voice today. But that we would continue to walk with you and to grow closer to you all the days that you give us is my prayer in Jesus' name, amen.